Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. Why zero trusts will fail within the DoD without automation. And more from the Pentagon's CISO on why automation could have prevented recent classified leaks. It's Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. New on FedScoop.com this week, reporter Rebecca Heilweil shares how the U.S. Marshals Service has been tasked with managing and disposing of Bitcoin and other digital assets amid a surging number of criminal convictions involving the cryptocurrency. The law enforcement agency has spent the past few years trying to hire a private tech company to help, but despite settling on contracts with crypto companies, at least two agreements appear to have fallen through. Today, the Marshall Service is still maintaining seized crypto on its own. Add robotic dogs to the list of things you never think you'd see on Capitol Hill. Last week, at the invitation of Representative Nancy Mace, Philadelphia headquartered Ghost Robotics showed off one of its robotic dogs, a few hundred of which are reportedly already in use by the Department of Defense for conducting perimeter security checks at Air Force bases, as well as by law enforcement agencies. Speaking at a House Oversight Committee hearing, Ghost Robotics Chief Executive Gavin Kennelly said the ability of the technology to work in extreme environments while also detecting bombs, drugs, and humans in need of help could be a game changer. And the login.gov controversy isn't something lawmakers are going to let slide without the General Services Administration first divulging the extent of its misrepresentations. According to an agency IG report, GSA knowingly billed agencies more than $10 million for Identity Assurance Level 2 compliance services, even though login.gov did not meet those standards. Leaders of the House Oversight Subcommittee on Government Operations and the Federal Workforce sent a letter to senior officials at the GSA hoping to better understand the extent of the misleading statements made about login.gov in GSA's proposal for TMF funds and the extent to which representatives of GSA made misleading statements about login.gov during the FedRAMP authorization process. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The Department of Defense is undertaking a massive effort to adopt a zero-trust security architecture across its enterprise by 2027. As ambitious as that effort is, it's not going to happen without the support of automation driving it, according to DOD Chief Information Security Officer Dave McCune. McCune spoke recently at the UiPath Together Public Sector Summit about the role of automation in cybersecurity and how it also likely could have prevented recent leaks of classified information from the DoD. I'm happy to come here and talk to you about how I see automation fitting in with our, our big plan to move to zero trust in the Department of Defense. So I'm, I'm sure many of you are tracking this, you know, there was an executive order 14028, came out shortly after SolarWinds, said everybody needs to go to zero trust. Uh, We feel really good about what we've done in the department. We were already working on a zero trust architecture and we shortly thereafter uh, came up with a strategy and a roadmap. And on that roadmap, uh, we have seven pillars. You'll see the same thing from DHS CISA, except they have five pillars and two of the pillars are laying on the side as foundational. Uh, But essentially, we're all kind of moving in the same direction as far as uh, the things that we want to integrate together uh, from a cybersecurity perspective. So uh, it starts out with the data, making sure that you're protecting the data, 
the user themselves, the device, the network, the applications. And then we have these uh, special pillars. These are the ones that CISA laid on the side. And that was uh, orchestration and automation and logging and analytics. And as we move towards zero trust, we have to integrate all of these pieces and parts together. We have designated 91 capabilities uh, that we're targeting to implement in order to reach a targeted level of zero trust. So in each one of those seven pillars, we have activities. Total is 91 to get to targeted zero trust. And we have an advanced level of zero trust as well that goes up to 152 capabilities. Um, but all of this has to work together. Um, so we have to log everything that's going on on the network, and, and that becomes very voluminous. Um, we have to then go through those logs and look for anomalous behavior. These are things that we kind of do now. We don't do them real well, but we need to scale that up and do that very, very well. Um, there are lots of areas where automation can come into play. I think we're going to fail if we don't automate as we implement zero trust. Um, so, you know, just looking at some of the pillars, as far as the data goes, we have huge volumes of data out there already. None of it's really labeled. I think we can automate to, to a large degree how we do that labeling uh, when we ingest it. And also the, the repositories that we already have, I think we can put some automation in there to tagging and labeling that data. Um, as far as our access to that data from a user perspective, we want to be able to do automated account provisioning. We've implemented a, uh, a single ICAM solution throughout the department. Uh, we're implementing it, um, which has an automated account provisioning, uh, which does a lot of the sort of mundane work for you. I don't know how many of you deal with account provisioning. We have 10,000 information systems. Uh, at any time, we may have had to have 10,000 different accounts created. We want to be able to go into a central place, create accounts, create accounts for any one of those systems, many of those systems, and have it done in a reliable fashion where it is the same and all of the lockdowns and permissions are correct. So automation can play a, a huge role there as we move forward with, with that automated account provisioning. Um, using the credentials that you have on the network to get to the data also uh, involves access control decisions. Um, what would have to happen is you'll hit this access control interface and we're gonna try to leverage lots of different data points to make a decision about whether or not you can get onto the network and whether or not you can access the data you're trying to get to. You can see where that's gonna require a good amount of automation and orchestration uh, to get that right. We wanna restrict access from uh, places in the world which are dangerous. We wanna grant access when all of your tickets are right. Your computer that has been scanned shows that it is secure and we're gonna allow you in, you're gonna be able to see the data that you wanna look at. So automation plays a really key role there. I think automation also can play a key role in us standing up and maintaining secure environments in the first place. Um, another initiative that we're working on in the department is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification Program for industry. What we're doing is partnering with some of those industry partners to create sort of infrastructure as code solutions that are sort of push button, that if you build this, push the button, it's gonna go into their cloud offering. 
create an instance for that customer base, and that instance will automatically be configured to be secure. Now, an added step is that we can also automate the continuous monitoring of that situation to make sure that the controls that are put in place initially are still in operation and that the system is still uh, secure. Additionally, we could automate when we find one of those settings that's not set correct. Over time, somebody went in there and messed with something, we can reset it back through the power of automation. You can see if we were employing humans for all of this over time, uh, we would kind of be in our, our current state, which is sort of chaotic and not 100% sure whether we're secure at any point in time. So automation is going to play a key role there as well. And then um, the resiliency checks are important as well. As we move towards uh, providing support to the warfighter, they need resilient systems. So if you're accrediting a system, there's three elements that you look at, the confidentiality, the integrity, and the availability. So in the availability part of it, we can automate a lot of checks there to check for the resiliency. We can make sure that AWS East and West are up and our paths to that are clear. And we can do that very frequently to make sure that we're achieving the availability that we're needing. You could do that for workloads. You could do that for the cloud service offering, the SaaS offering, making sure that it's up and operational. Uh, websites, you name it, whatever your key pieces are that are part of that uh, information system that is critical to warfighting, you could automate those resiliency checks over time. Also, um, insider threat. Um, you may recall that uh, there was an incident recently um, up on the Northeast where uh, an individual printed out some classified documents, took photos of them. I, I think we want to get involved on the user activity monitoring front too, looking for that anomalous behavior and flagging that early and potentially even taking direct action in an automated fashion to counter excessive downloads, excessive printing, things of that nature. And then of course, anytime you see anomalous behavior like after hours activities, um, people going to areas of the internet, people going to areas of the network where they're not supposed to be, you could totally automate the reporting of that and the response to that if you, would, if you wanted to. Um, DevSecOps, I think, is another area that's ripe uh, for automation. And it, it is a very automated environment already where we have the built-in tools to do the static checks of the code and the dynamic checks of the code. And if it's in the right environment, when you're done with this pipeline of creating the code, when it goes into production, you could issue pretty much an automatic ATO at that point. Some people have called it like a 24-hour ATO, but there is no reason why through that automated pipeline, which is consistent, done the same way every time, the checks and balances are there, that you couldn't issue an automatic ATO. And in the area of a continuous ATO, uh, I wrote a memo on this uh, about a year and a half ago saying, here are the conditions for a continuous ATO, and that is for those security controls that are part of your information system, you have to continuously monitor those. It's not a once every three, three year recheck or once every year recheck. Continuously monitor those controls that they're in place and that they're functioning. And then the other part is to have a active defense of that environment. So those two components would allow somebody to issue a continuous ATO. I think you could see easily how automation could come into play on both sides of that equation 
where you're monitoring the controls, making sure that they're in place and remain correct. And you're also actively monitoring the network for uh, anomalous behavior on the network. So I think that's a very important thing too, that automation could play a key role in as far as issuing a continuous ATO. And, and it could be more reliable than the humans in the loop in that regard. And then lastly, I think we should touch on the uh, value that the orchestration and automation and logging and analytics is going to play um, towards cybersecurity in general. Um, I, I did a West Coast trip uh, in early February visiting a lot of cloud service providers. Um, there were two themes. One theme was that SATCOM is, we're in the golden era of SATCOM. There's so much out there now and so much more coming out. But the other thing that I took away was AI. And this is when ChatGPT was coming out and Microsoft made an announcement while we were out there uh, about Bing. Um, you can see the value of AI to turbocharging virtually any problem set out there. Uh, there were examples that were given of turbocharging B2 maintenance by using analytics, putting sensors on the platform, looking to see mean time between failure on parts. And reportedly, we save billions of dollars by using AI to look at that specific problem. Um, when we first got into this game, we thought we were going to dump a whole bunch of log data into a big uh, data lake, and we were just going to randomly gonculate on that and see what we could see. But I think we've got to be more targeted in how we approach that. We have to look at very specific problems we want to solve, understand what the data is that we want to use to solve that, and then bring AI into the foray and, and have it help solve the problems for us and help us turbocharge that. And then I think from the machine learning and the AI, as we go through the logs and the analytics, we can create orchestrated responses. Initially, I think we would want to have humans in the loop, but we can certainly train um, the, the AI and the ML on what to look for. And then once we know what those responses are reliably every time, there's no reason why we can't bake in those responses as well. And maybe put a human in the loop just to say, yes, this happened. Do you want to go forward with it? Yes. But in the end, it, it could be completely automated as well. I, I don't necessarily like that, but um, I think AI can help us jumpstart a lot of things and find anomalous behavior that we, we've never really seen before. You can learn more about the DOD's zero trust efforts at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C., Carlin Fisher helped put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. And a quick special programming note, as we near the 4th of July holiday, The Daily Scoop will be on a short break. We will return Tuesday, July 11th with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you find some time to relax and enjoy the summer holiday. As always, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thank you so much for listening.